Welcome to My Wealth Podcast brought to you by Premier Credit. My name is Lia Pombewe and I'm here with the lovely and handsome and very, very intelligent Unyumba Mtuale. Welcome Unyumba. Thank you very much, Lia. <laughs> I'll take those. I will take those. I receive those in the yes. name of Jesus. Yes. Compliments of the season. Tease the season. Tis the season, yes. Mm. I have my Christmas hat out, got yes. the tree, everything. Mm-hmm. And that tree is staying up until the 7th. So that's for me. Okay. So I usually have it up up until the 3rd, but there's no harm extending it for another, what, six days up to the 9th, maybe? Just I once it kept it up until Valentine's. Wow, now those are extremes. (laughs) Like I only put it down after the next holiday. (laughs) Exactly. So that's been my extreme. So yes, and I love the season. Earn up to 50% per annum in interest when you invest with Premier Credit. Visit www.premiercredit.co.zm to start investing today. It's a wonderful way to end the year. Mm-hmm. It always puts the year in the most happy mood. Yes. Um, in as much as, yes, everything can be tense and everything, but it is a time to go back to what really matters. Family, joy, you start thinking about the long-term things in life and the things you work for. That's what I love about it. I feel also like the foresight you get and look... Um, I'm looking forward to a new year, but most importantly, when you look back, I actually went this this year. These are the mistakes that I made. These are the lessons, most importantly, that I learned. This is how, well, hopefully you managed your your money. These are the assets that I collected. Um, These are the memories that I made. These are the new people that I I bumped into, the new relationships that I, I made. It's quite the season and just the joy it comes with. But also it's a very expensive season, I like to believe. It is, um, but you want to try and make sure you just get rid of everything first. Everything that has to be done so that even if you light your money on fire, it's fine. (laughs) At least you're January. Please believe that we have 60 days of January coming your way. So you want to be a bit more prudent with your finances. If you have anything to spare before you go blowing it off on New Year's Day, at least preserve as much as you can. Remember, your next paycheck is at the end of Jan. So you kind of have like an extra month to go through it. But thank you for sticking with the My Wealth Podcast throughout 2022. We just came on the scene. We have been ranked as number two on the podcast chat in Zambia. Thank you for being here. Thank you for cheering us on. Thank you for the comments that you've left, the suggestions that you've brought through. We are grateful for you. On behalf of the team working uh, behind closed doors, Premier Credit. And it says a lot about our country when a finance podcast can actually be the number two podcast. And that's that's that shows the direction that shows the priorities, because I always tell people what you listen to and what you watch says a lot about who you are, because that's the time you're consuming and, and the content you're consuming. So for me, it's it gives me a lot of hope about our country. And it tells me that the next 10 years, we're going to yeah. see some serious movement in this country. That, that is all I'm looking forward to seeing people that, you know, when you bump into someone, if they can actually explain to you how you actually explain it, I'm sure you've come across people that are now brilliant financial analysts, of course, in their own capacity, but then they're explaining certain things, how you would explain it. 
then you know that you're causing impact. And for that, I think we're grateful on this side of your your headsets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And plus, uh, it also something also means it means a lot to me to also hear people turn around and tell you, well, um, I did this. Like, I, I'll have some clients who maybe before they became my clients, they would have listened to the show and they would have said, well, and I'll ask them, OK, now, why did you make that decision? Well, like, actually, I was listening to your show. Yes. And I put money there or I did this with my money because uh, this is what you had actually instructed. And, you know, it just shows that before you even reach out to people and create a formal relationship with them yeah. through this microphone and through this headset, you're already building a very intimate connection yes. with them and their lives. And that means a lot to me. That to me, mm-hmm. in fact, is a lot of what the meaning of life and the meaning of this career is about. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. As you drive to work, um, as you're seated somewhere in your office, as you're listening to this, thank you for being here. So we'll jump right into the numbers and looking at how our markets have been faring in terms of the microeconomic analysis. Manyumba, I do know we we don't have the inflation numbers yet, but what are your projections? My projections are that we're going to probably close the year still below 10%, somewhere around 98 But the only threat of pushing just slightly above 10% is probably the transportation costs, which happened because of the increase in fuel. And I think for the first month, we now started to see the transportation costs start to roll up a little bit and also the end of year costs. Um, There is a little bit of inflation that has come in during December also because of the weak exchange rate, which will cut, which will touch into. And remember that we import a lot of our December stuff or December, as people like to call it. We import a lot of that stuff. So the weaker exchange rate did actually kick in as well. So you probably might find we might tip over 10 percent, but not too much. So all your portfolios, I think, set them to perform somewhere at least below 11. My highest point is expecting 11%. But I've been getting surprises on inflation uh, each time. And one of the factors I think I picked up on with transportation costs, why it wasn't going up as much as we thought, was because even though there was oil hikes, the thing is the transport sector has become much more competitive. The, the decentralization of farmer input support transportation, that's actually forced a lot of competitiveness in the market. Also, at the same time, in our taxi app industry, these two taxi apps have actually, because they're trying to outcompete each other, they're keeping the transportation prices low. And we haven't seen any adjustments from the bus drivers yet. So the actual mainstream thing is that even though transportation prices were high, uh, so the fuel prices were high. It's not translating into higher transportation prices as we would expect. Because of the competition. It is, a, it is a much more competitive industry. And this is what I kept talking about before, that inflation is not only controlled by saying what the price should be or what input prices are. It's actually mainly controlled by competition. And I think the best example still is that taxi app. And remember last time when people were saying what keeps prices down, and I told people what, what takes prices up is the cost of doing business. But what keeps prices down is the competition that you're dealing with. Because your competitor, if you raise your prices, can snatch your customers. And that is your lifeblood of your business. So what we've seen firsthand in the taxi app space is what happens when you have a competitor and what that does to inflation directly. So yes, the people who are driving cars are feeling the impact, but it's not rippling through the economy as fast as we thought because of the competitiveness in the public transportation sector. So that's been the bigger change, especially with inflation. So we'll move on to the FX. 
yeah. market and how that has been faring. So Forex has been a bit of a bad one this month. Um, for the people who hold dollars, this has been a very good month. And that's why I think I said last time the defensive assets are starting to work. So Forex rate is coming down mainly because of farmer input support. Uh, and we're buying agricultural inputs and importing them. So remember that at this point, you're getting fertilizer from outside, which has tripled in price over the last, the last set of years. So that's been a big part and a big component to look at. So because of that, you'll see that your dollars are actually now starting to erode in the, in the economy. The central bank has actually been pumping money in, but it still doesn't do anything because there's a lot of money coming out and there's a lot of speculation against the currency. And that's usually the end of the year problem. So Forex, we have seen the dollar down about 6.11% just on this last month. But year to date, I'm seeing the dollar up by 6.11%. And we've seen the dollar up year to date 7.48. So all the gains. Now, one of the things I did get into uh, earlier this month was I started to look at the chart of what was the dollar rate when the administration came in at the end of August 2021, uh, sorry, in August, in August 2021, and the exchange rate was about 19.54. So we're now heading towards 18. Um, so we seem to be losing all the gains the administration ca uh, came in with. And so what should have been offsetting this loss in the FX rate should have been inflows through our bond market and inflows through our asset markets. But yes, we have seen $2.2 billion, $2 billion more of investment that's come into our country uh, than the year before. And that's something that even the president was touting. It's still not reflecting in a stronger exchange rate. One of the main reasons everyone should pay attention to that is because when investments are done by mining companies and those, that money doesn't actually come into Zambia. It's a crane. Uh, so a Canadian company will then send money to China who will then send a crane to Zambia. So the $2 billion doesn't actually get physically into a Zambian bank. It expands Zambia's export capacity, but even these mining companies are not expanding their capacity right now because they're waiting for copper prices to pick up later. Uh, and that's the expectation that next year and the year after, they should see higher copper prices. So they're really saying, let's hold back our production for 2024. That's when we'll now rip out and then push out as much copper as we can. And for now, we're not going to see much on the FX rate. I do see it slowing down, but I don't see it. Um, I don't see it staying. I don't see it coming back down anytime soon. So whilst we're still looking at some of the effects that the FX markets might come with, I do know when it comes to fuel prices. The key I will expect is I'm expecting prices to come down mainly because there's been 11% drop in global fuel prices or global crude oil prices. And I think that should reflect. So I'm expecting about a 4% movement down as we've seen a 5% or 6% swing on the dollar rate uh, upwards. But we've seen an 11% movement down in the uh, crude oil rate. So that should kind of level it off at about a 4% a four reduction. Now, it was higher. My estimation was higher, a, a lot of uh, sorry, a, a bigger reduction um, earlier on. But the thing is, fuel prices, uh, crude oil prices are starting to pick up towards the end of the year. So this depends on the calculation that the ERB will be using. But according to what what we've been looking at and we've gotten about eight out of the last 10 estimations correct and mainly this is because we've been looking at that trend between the two so i'm expecting 20 i'm expecting um so i'll be expecting uh, about four percent reduction um mainly during this period so that's that's kind of where my attention will be when it comes to the when it comes to the fuel prices now i will expect it to come down but i'll probably be expecting it to also come back up in january because the exchange rate will continue to weaken and the global crude oil prices will continue to rise 
And the expectation is that we should be back at 25 by the end of January. So it's just a quick dip back down and back up again. Moving on to the stock market. What have been the best performing um, stocks year to date? And also, I do know we saw um, a bereavement that did come through the Lucy CEO, Mrs. Samba, did pass on. So did that have an effect on the stock market? No, it did. Um, Mrs. Samba has been a stalwart of the stock market. She's been around for a long time. She was there from the time I started. Um, that was my first ever job. Mm. Um, so there was a, a rookie intern um, and also eventually becoming a junior analyst. And she was one of the people I worked with uh, during that period where I was there for close to about four years. So I, I, I got to experience working with her a lot and it was a sad occasion. Um, unfortunately, it becomes one of those things where it becomes a market reunion where all the former CEOs of the stock exchange, all the former people from the securities industry, everyone in our whole industry was there and we all knew one another. And it was so sad that it took this to bring us together as a market and all the previous players of the market. But it did show the legacy that has been built from the time she was there from about 2006 all the way. Um, and then she became CEO in 2017. Uh, so she has really served her time there for over 16 years uh, as from legal counsel to uh, to CEO of the stock market and has really run that company, especially in this last phase where they've been trying to really build up the retail market, uh, especially with the, uh, the release of the application, trying to get a lot more onboarding activity from the retail investor groups. So that's been the change that's been that's been happening during this period. And I think it was it was it was uh, it did slow down also a lot of activity uh, on the stock market because that's 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 what you have to go through during such a period. So we didn't see much movement, only about 0.7%. Only one stock moved up this period uh, significantly, and that was uh, Standard Chartered, which was up about 12.48% during the month. Um, now, year to date, we still have the same ones in the top league, 68% up for Zanaco. It's been having a good time, obviously, because of its expansion. It's And a lot of its deals with uh, pharma, with its farm clients, and a lot of these investments that are happening, especially through the internationals, whether it's Green Outcomes Fund, and the UK Investment Fund. You've also seen Invest Trust, which has expanded about 66%. Still unexplained uh, because it's not reflecting, but it was the first year Invest Trust became profitable. While simultaneously, you also saw Zambief being up by 60%. So you got three stocks that are up by 60%. And then the the, the trailing two in that in that top five are African Explosive and uh, uh, Copper Belt Energy. African Explosive had a good first half of the year, but once its half year results came out, people were a bit concerned because uh, a weaker FX, uh, think a stronger FX undid its ability to export. So Flipping back to the FX point, um, the companies that struggled in the first half of the year because of how strong the currency were are probably going to give you good results in the second half of the year because of how weak the currency has been. So a weak currency helps companies like Zambia Sugar. It helps companies like uh, like it helps companies like African Explosive. Um, those that export become more competitive in these export markets. Those export-driven companies, uh, companies like uh, Chilanga Cement will probably start to improve as well because their cement will get cheaper when, when the quacha gets back to 18. But the problem is their input, their, their input cost is what starts to pick up as well simultaneously. So when you're looking at the stock market, that was it. Now, the worst performing stock was uh, National Breweries, which has really just had a problem uh, trying to really deal with the illicit market. That's been its key problem. The production methods and everything have been problematic, but the illicit market, where you can't com you can't compare the rising cost 
of a carton of Chibuku to a person who makes gachasu in a barrel sitting in a market cutting a two liter in half and they're busy sharing it around. Don't ask me questions how I know those details, but <laughs> that's their biggest competitor. So one of the things I've thought that they need to do as a company is diversify their market and they need to try and see what they can do to become more to get to the more inflation resistant customer because a three quarter a three quarter carton if that's the price i haven't seen in a long time once that moves up by 2013 where it starts to really get eroded by that illicit market so they're very price sensitive you see the lower income customer you're going for the more price sensitive they become so what they need to do is be, is to elevate the product a little bit more because this is how companies like Zambia breweries can still survive quite well because beer is a little bit price sensitive. And in fact, it's got no price sensitivity because the same bottle of beer can sell for nine kwacha and 30 kwacha just because of the change of venue, because that's the way a person likes to consume it. But you will never see that with Chiwuku. So they may want to do that. And I think I've seen signs of it. I've seen the first advert coming out for flavoring Chiwuku. So they're looking at it. I think it was banana or something. So they're actually trying to. And in South Africa, they do this. They've got strawberry chibuku. They've got oh, banana wow. chibuku. They've got different. <laughs> Spoiled for choice. So, yeah. And it's the same as the Maheo market. So if national breweries can kind of diversify their customer mix away from the inflation sensitive customer, who unfortunately in this high inflation time is not so friendly to them. That may help improve their margins because if you can get a few inflation resistant customers and diversify their mix, then they're not concentrated where they've been that's been creating the problem. And if they're going to continue down this diversification play where they do switch into flavors and try and make it a bit more high end, maybe a few restaurants, whatever it is, you may find that now we have a buy case starting to creep in again because then they can compete with the higher ends a bit. But right now, I'm still I'm still sell on national breweries because one, the state of their financials, two, their market, their target market is really struggling during this inflation period. And they, they, they always have a problem dealing with the illicit markets of, uh, of um, alcohol. That's a very difficult market to tame. So we'll jump right into the bond market. Yep. We well, did see an auction. And it was finally a little bit of a recovery. So we did see the bond market open up uh, about 1.5 billion kwacha worth of bonds. And it was a huge auction uh, that came in, but most of it was mainly because of the front end. So what we saw was all the interest rates stayed the same, but the composite yield is coming down. And the composite yield just simply means if I take the average of all the bonds that were issued and the interest rates that were attached to them, what's the average interest rate? That's what we call the composite yield. Now, if that composite yield was coming down, it usually signals better demand for bonds, but that's not the case. It's actually because people are shortening their durations. Nobody's really taking the 15 year and the 60 and, and the 10 year and the seven year. They're not taking those positions. They're taking two, three and five year. So you're seeing a lot of people packing money into those. And even the, the retail customers are starting to participate a lot stronger in that. And we're starting to even get saturation in those areas. So what we did see was um, the 490 million kwacha was raised in the two-year alone. That was a very strong subscription, 160, sorry, 46% above what was expected, uh, 46% above the previous and 163% of the target. And we also saw uh, 523 coming from the from the three-year. So it was 490 from the two-year, 523 from the three-year, and then 324 from the five-year. So that already tells you about 87% of the money that was raised has come in with less than five years to repay it. That's tough on the government, but that's the savers. And that's, that's what's happening. So remember that the local savers really always going to take a very short-term perspective because they're battling high inflation and they really got to make sure that they've got the higher compounding bonds. And that's your two, three, and your five-year. Now, I always tell people, in as much as those yields to maturity are an indicator, 
as an investor, what you're looking for is the return on investment. That is a different number. So everyone kind of gets thrown off and they see these coupon rates and everything. But the question you need to The question, collective return on investment. What you need to focus on is what is the percentage return on my investment? And where do you get the fastest growing percentage return on your investment? In the two, three, and five years, specifically the three year. It's currently compounding at a rate of 18.9%. So taking out a 22% yield three-year bond is like putting something, putting money in a bank or a microfin getting back 18.9% a year. You see, that's the difference now. And 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 also with that level of safety, by the way, because mm-hmm. remember bonds have that security. They have that. So I think that's that was the main thing from the auction. So we did see it. Now, if you're comparing it to other auctions, the last two auctions only had about 30% um, a 30% performance rate. In other words, out of the 2.6 billion, they only raised 30% of that. This one bounced back about 59%. So we were able to see an auction that actually managed uh, to raise, and it was the best performing auction, obviously, since September, and at least higher than the August one. And at least out of this second half of the year, from about May, it's been the second, it's been the best performing auction. Uh, sorry, second best performing auction since June. Um, so we've actually seen June was where we got 62% of the the, the actual uh, money raised. And because we were sliding down, we're kind of back up to where we were at June level. So that's good. But I'm suspecting it's probably the end of the year. So those who had a lot of extra money, is, they're just packing it into instruments very quickly, whether it's pension funds, anyone. They just quickly went and played that quickly and then they moved on. So that was the auction from uh, last week, actually. We called it the pre-Christmas auction mm. where people <laughs> bought bonds instead of buying gifts. <laughs> and that means we, we are doing something right as Zambians. We really are. So instead of looking at shopping statistics of how we trade this much in in terms of um, Christmas shenanigans, we're actually looking at the investment uh, space expanding or at least a very well subscribed bond market. I'd like to actually add one thing I got from the last BOZ meeting and what we picked up on based on their statistics, we're still trying to verify this, but we saw households go from 3.4 billion kwacha worth of government bonds two years ago to over 5 billion. Mm. So household wealth in government bonds has grown by about 1.5 to almost 2 billion kwacha already. And this is this is what it means when people are actually piling their savings into that. And what will eventually happen is when the when the earnings from bonds dry up, and probably they may, and not just utterly dry up, what I mean is slow down to a neutral point, you'll probably find a lot more of those people will now start expanding themselves into the stock market and that's how the capital of the markets, economy grows yes. and the capital markets grows eventually because you know i was i kept on thinking to myself when you look at um unit trusts our unit trusts combined all 10 of them are still valued at almost only a hundred million dollars which is very small it's it's very very small it's like a combination of two small banks so you want you, you want to get to a point where everyone is pumping their money into in, into the capital markets to see how we can actually expand it and overall you know narrow down some of these things that keep bugging us or eating up our monies Stu got his annual bonus and decided to invest it in a side hustle. He took his hard-earned cash and started giving out loans to people he knew and thought he could trust on his own. Weeks later, it was time for people to pay Stu back. But nobody paid him back and Stu lost all his money. Steve, Stu's workmate, also got his bonus and also decided to invest it. But he knew from before that he needed help doing so. Steve heard about Premier Credit's peer-to-peer lending platform, how he could invest in pre-qualified loan applications from people that have proven they could pay back (laughs) with interest. 
Weeks later, Steve still has his bonus and is now enjoying the interest payouts. You can invest smart like Steve too. So, be a Steve and not a Stu. Visit premiercredit.co.zm and start investing today. Investments start from as low as 500 kwacha. Terms and conditions apply. So, remember, I do know we have a jam-packed episode. Like the next episode, January, will be, it will have quite a bit to help you through, to help our listeners through planning for their 2023, how you can get through it, which investments to pick, how they affect your portfolio as an investor beginner, or if you've actually started your journey on financial freedom, attaining financial freedom or your investment journey. We do have quite a bit in there and we will help you at least um, get through getting started and how to pick your your investments. But for now, um, what should we look out for, especially as 2023 comes in relation to macroeconomics? So at a macro level, I'll just give you four basics. We're battling between, uh, number one, monetary policy around the world. So we think we're, we're still affected by this. And most of the bond returns that we're going to get are still from the macro, from the monetary policy around the world. So we'll be going through the impacts and what to expect from there. And the second part you have to try and look at is obviously the pandemic is still alive. China is literally battling it. Uh, they did announce that they're going to uh, relieve all pandemic measures by the 8th of January. That's why you're seeing oil prices coming up. But how long can they do that? Because it's almost like every time China opens the gates, they close it again, they open the gates, and then there's social unrest. So we're going to try and unpack what to expect in terms of pandemic results and how that will actually affect uh, things like our commodity markets and the potential tax revenue coming into 2023. The third thing you also want to still deal with is you're still in the middle of a Russia-Ukraine war. That has not ended. Uh, and that still has a lot of impact in terms of our food. What stocks will benefit from that? What companies are, are going to be hit by that the worst. And while that will hit the food basket of Zambia, what does that do for fertilizer prices? What does that do to our exchange rate? Look at the effect it's had now. Let's try and extrapolate as far as that is. And then to add to that, you're seeing China doing training uh, training drills outside of Taiwan, and they're doing some of the biggest training drills. What does that do to gold? Uh, should we start looking at reserving money for in gold there? What are our projections coming out there? And finally, our country's debt. That is the biggest story and has been the biggest story of the year financially. How are we going to get around this thing of our debt negotiations? Because we've been talking about it. We've got the IMF on board, we've got everyone. The World Bank is sending us money, but we're still not able to settle down what the actual debt position is with our private creditors. And we're waiting to see if we can get to the first quarter of next year to do that. What impact will that have on things like bond? You really want to tune in because now we're going to be talking in this next episode, strategy, how to get to the point of strategy. And all of this you want to overlay with, what are my goals? Because all what we're talking about in terms of the news and all that has to affect your allocations. And the only two things that really should affect your allocations. How's our economy going to grow next year? How's inflation going to look next year? These are the two things. And the key thing I'll tell everyone is this. Think about economic growth and inflation, like the two factors of wealth. What affects, besides style, what affects how you leave your house? And the first thing that affects how you leave your house is, is it raining? Okay, how much is it raining or is it not? So that affects that. Or, and two, how hot is it? Is it cold or is it hot? So think about inflation and and growth the same. I, do, I always say think about growth like rain and think about inflation like heat. Okay, because those are the two factors that affect what kind of clothing you walk out into the house with. So that's what affects what kind of assets you have in your portfolio. 
And we're going to look at how much heat and how much rain we should expect from our economy next year, given the trends that we're picking up so that as we're going into the year, everyone is kind of calm and knows what allocations to do. But always remember, your portfolio is designed to serve your financial goals. And I'll leave this part as the final part. Remember that the purpose of money is to give you the freedom to pursue a fulfilling life. That is the purpose. If anything, we're talking about wealth. Wealth is not a number. It's a state where you are free to pursue the fulfillment of your life. And that is your legend, your legacy, and your lineage. To build a legend, a legacy, and a lineage that can last beyond your life, that is the purpose of money. Money is not about acquiring it, but it's about putting it in place so that you're not worried about food, you're not worried about your loved ones, you're not worried about being so broke, your life falls into chaos and disorder. And when you're not worried about those three things, your mind is free to chase after your legend, your legacy, and your lineage. That is the purpose of wealth. And I want everyone to keep that. You hit it right here here on the my wealth podcast remember to always take care of your money so that it can serve you and let alone at least give you some form of a peaceful mind and a peaceful life so that you can enjoy time with your family without money being the primary reason as to why you're having those headaches we just want you at a point where you attain financial freedom for yourself for the reasons and for all the reasons in the world rather that make you happy if it's family if it's traveling, if it's just retiring on a beautiful piece of land somewhere in the corner, you can do that because that is something that your money allows you to do. Let's just have that in the back of my mind. And thank you so much, Manyumba, for those words, fine words of wisdom. We did need that. So we have come to the end of today's episode. I am excited for um, the next episode. You want to be here. You want to set a reminder. Best believe we'll be back to help you plan this particular episode. Make sure you get yourself a brand new journal and let's see how we can help you plan out 2023 because your life will never be the same. And I'll say <laughs> this, if you want, there is a statistic out there, Liapa, yes. that 80% of New Year's goals mm -hmm. fail by February. And why is that? Because nobody plans properly and builds momentum and builds a strategy mm -hmm. throughout December and January. Mm -hmm. So you want to tune in in the January episode to help avoid becoming the February fall-off victim. <laughs> you don't want to stop going to the gym in the second week of February. The same way you don't want to stop planning for your finances. But remember, my work podcast will always be here. We'll always remind you on each episode that you need to take care of your money so that you can take care of you. We have you in the back of our mind. We have your best interest at heart. And remember, we are always having a chat on how the economy, the markets are fearing in relation to you and your hard-earned money and i hope that this episode has been helpful to you and we will hear from you you'll hear from us uh in the new year so Nyumba, thank you for being an amazing host an amazing co-host in 2022 thank you so much to premier credit that are currently offering different and innovative alternative investments that you can look at this peer-to-peer lending uh if you if you want to go in as an investor with very beautiful attractive interest rates remember to read up remember to always weigh your risk appetite and get into the peer-to-peer -peer lending remember it's also regulated by the securities and exchange commission of zambia so your money is actually safe if you're looking for a loan of course they'll screen you but you can always find some money there also as my wealth podcast we are pushing the wealth creation agenda so take a look into that so shout out to premier credit for always being here and a thank you to them and a thank you to everybody Who's tuned in this year and a thank you to everybody who's going to continue um our journey is to create one million zambians one millionaires millionaires one million millionaires 
by the year 2050. That's my vision. That's when I can cross my arms and say, Lord, I'm ready to go. <laughs> um, but thank you to everybody who has tuned in. Thank you to our team who's behind this production. You know, this is not just a two-person job. We are thankful to everyone, including our almighty, who's going to take us over into the next year. So here's to 2022 and the success it's building. May the momentum continue into 2023. Amen to that. Until next time, this has been my work podcast with Liapa and Manyomba. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.